Hallelujah. Are you forgiven this morning? Are you clean this morning? Have you been forgiven by the Lord this morning? I believe that the greatest revival that we apostolics can have if, is just we behave like we've been forgiven. If we behave like we have been washed. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn with me and I'm going to go to the third chapter of Acts. I think I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 10. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate, everybody say the gate, of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, and everybody knows this scripture. Hey, is is everybody got this one highlighted right there in yellow or red? Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all of the people saw him walking and praising God. Let's all lift our hands together and pray together over this word this morning. God, we love you today. We thank you for the precious anointing that we feel. We thank you for your divine presence that just permeates this building, touches our mind cleanses us it lifts us up and Lord we praise you because you are the lifter up of our head everybody said get me past the gate get me past the gate amen clap your hands unto the Lord one more time as you're being seated hallelujah hallelujah You know, getting started on something is sometimes more than half the battle. And I'm looking at a people today who have been prepared. The ministry has been rich in this house. The preaching and teaching has gone forth. And every time we have a church service... It seems that God just catapults us into a new season. 
a new way of seeing things. And the spirit of revelation is very, very real and very sharp in this house. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God is not a big secret. I'm glad that the power of His Son, Jesus Christ, coming to us and dying and making a way where there is no way. It's no secret. You know, a lot of people were to have it uh, be made known that everything that we do in Christianity in our local churches is, well, we're just wandering around aimlessly. We're waiting on that next move of God, and, and we are really don't know what's going to take place tomorrow. And I know to a certain extent a lot of that is true. But we are not walking in darkness today. We are walking in light because God has lit up our way. We used to dwell in darkness, but now. Everybody say now. Now, now we are walking in the light. Amen. There's a scripture in Ephesians that says, Ear has not heard and eye has not seen what God has prepared for them that, that serve the Lord. I'm paraphrasing here. And a lot of folks think, well, we just are, are serving this mysterious God that we do not know. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that the next verse of that scripture in Ephesians says, but it has been revealed unto us. I want you all to know that God does not want you walking in the dark. And that God has given us revelation power this morning. Everybody say revelation. Man, that guy at the gate that was, that was uh, lame from his mother's uh, womb as he was born. And a certain man that was lame from his mother's womb, they carried him and laid him daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful. He was absolutely helpless. He was uh, 40 years when it's you and not someone else. Has anybody gone through some really hard times this year? I don't know about you guys, but this has been one of the hardest years I've ever faced in my life. And uh, I've got a feeling that I'm looking at a group of people today that you are overcomers. That you have come through every trial and test. And that God has made a way. When you didn't think you had power... To make it through the next test, here comes the Calvary. And here comes God that gives you what you absolutely need. So uh, this man was sitting at an entrance. And this is as far as he could go. Supposed to have been, it was called the gate beautiful. But it was made of brass. It was 31 by 62. And the, that brass that the gate beautiful was made of, it was a representative of the fact that the judgment of God began here. And judgment begins at the house of God. So the typology works. But the lame man, he could not go into the temple. It wasn't the fact that he not only was lame, but... Mosaic law forbade him from going into the temple. Even the Gentiles could go 
into the outer court. But the lame man was restricted from going into the temple. I begin to think about this today, how that some of us come to church and many of us never get past the gate. I want you to know today that as we come and serve the Lord, there, there, there should be a recognizable uh, process that is given to every child of God. We enter at the gates. We enter at the gates with thanksgiving and into the courts with praise. I want you to know today that this principle is a divine principle and that God is a God of order. And to get to the inner court, you're going to have to go up the brazen steps of judgment. Judgment begins at the house of God. And saints of God, I said that to say this, that while we have been given liberty, sometimes we abuse the liberty that God has given us. And we don't really take advantage of the fact that I have been washed by the blood of Jesus. I like the song that we were singing. Amen. That God can take anything that's unworthy and make it worthy. I don't know about you, but I remember a time when I was unworthy. Now I am worthy, made worthy by the blood of Jesus and I can go beyond the brazen gate. I can go beyond the outer court. I can go into the inner court. The Holy of Holies, God has given us the invitation that says, come on, on the inside. But as I look around and, and through the history of the church, I find so many that just never get past the gate think about this you're sitting on the front porch of the greatest thing that is in this world and I don't know about you but God created in all of us a hunger I, I, I believe today that if you're a child of God we ought to be like David who said as the heart panteth after the water brook so does my heart pant after thee if you want God today, you're going to have to be hungry. If you want God in your life today and all the benefits that comes with walking and living with God, you're going to have to make it past the front porch. You're going to have to make up your mind, I'm hungry for God. And if the only time one ever prays is while they are in church, you might be in trouble with God. If the only time that someone really praises God, you might, is if when you only come to church, you might not be hooked up with the Lord of the living. Lord, I pray today that people do not fall into this idea that I'm just going to go to church. We need community. We do. But something more than community, we need to commune with our Savior. We need to be able to praise Him in liberty. We sing songs about we've got liberty and we are set free. And so many of us come to the house of God and we act like we're bound up. Oh, I've got liberty. 
I've got liberty. I've got victory. And sometimes we can't get people to come and give their life to the Lord and live for him with liberty. Amen. I'm here to tell you that the Satan wants to come and bind us all up. He wants our hands to be tied. He wants our feet to be tied. He wants us to come to the house of God and just sit down and let somebody else pray the glory down. I'm telling you what, if we can ever make it off the front porch and get into the courts and fellowship God, He will share His secrets with you. He will tell you some things about yourself that you've never known before but you've got to get past the gate of judgment and so the, one of the worst things that I could ever imagine somebody going through is having been introduced to the Lord having repented having even received the baptism of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking other tongues and then to sit on the sidelines oh I don't feel like praying I'm just going to let the praise team just kind of usher me in I'm here to tell you that it don't work that way that when it comes time for us to stand in judgment we are going to have to give account for how hungry we are or how hungry we were as the heart panteth Man, I tell you what, when I, when I get hungry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find something that I want to eat. It may be 1 o'clock in the morning, but I'm going to find something to eat because I'm hungry. Somebody needs to get hungry. Somebody needs to thirst for the land and the laws of God. Somebody says... I don't want just a touch from God, but I want a relationship where he shows me who he is and he shows me who I am. I believe in speaking in tongues. Do you? The day of Pentecost was fully come. They were given the Holy Ghost and they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. I want you to know today that the Spirit is still giving utterance. And that speaking in tongues is not a one-time experience of the Lord. Because in two chapters after the second chapter, the third and fourth, the Bible said that they had a prayer meeting and the Bible said that the place was shaken where they had prayed. And, and I'm telling you that there is a shaking going on in the land that is waking people up and they're saying something is missing in my life. I've been going to the house of God all this time and I still haven't made it past this point. I want you to know that this could be the day that apostles walk by and says, look at me. Everybody say, look at me. Hey Amen. If you, if you want to get somebody saved, you better get their attention. If you want to get somebody saved, you need to reach into the place where they are. I believe that God is the lifter up of our head and that many people, all they need is just another chance to look up. Hallelujah. Are you stuck on the, are you stuck on the front gates of, of just going through the motions? 
Somebody said, I'm going to go get my praise on. I've said this many, many times, but I'm afraid that there is a mindset that has come through and has resting on God's people. Amen. Even God's people that says, oh, I'm just going to go and I'm just going to get my praise on. I don't really need to have a relationship with the Lord. I really don't need to pray when I'm away from here and, and, and to shout and to praise and to give God glory out in the world where the people of the world need to see the, the, the glory of God. We better have a testimony in this world today. Oh, come somebody help me preach just a little bit this morning. We need to let the testimony of the Lord shake us up. Amen. Hallelujah. I used to preach a revival in a little town called uh, Jonesville, Arkansas. It was, it was uh, the, the place where the town that dreaded sundown. It was the Boggy Creek Monster area. And... Uh, a little old church, and and uh, he had a revival there. And there was this guy that sat out on the front porch, and he smoked them unfiltered camel cigarettes. He took care of the grounds. It was a community church. He took care of the grounds. His name was Kip. He was a good guy, but he sat there on the on the front porch smoking them. Camel unfiltered and, and nobody bothered him. Everybody was friendly to him. Kip, why don't you come inside? Oh, no, I, I don't smell very good. I'm not going to uh, dirty you all's presence. I don't want to bring this stench inside. And, and Kip sat out there and he was, he was eat up with arthritis. He was an elderly man in his 70s. And he always wore a pair of overalls and he sat out there time and time again and and then a few years later I came back to preach and there Kip would be on the front porch and he was friendly as he can be and he loved the people and and I could tell that it felt good for him to sit on that front porch and to greet everybody and it give him place of community it give him some meaning in his life and and then one year I came back and Kip wasn't sitting on the front porch anymore. I asked what happened to him, and someone said that he, he passed away. And I thought, oh my word, how could it be that someone that was this close to salvation, how could it be that someone that was this close to receiving the glory of God and being set free, they never made a move toward the house of God never made a move toward repentance, but he was he was just accepted in the community, and uh, um, he left this world being so close to God, and yet he was far away. I, I want y'all to know today that there are those that are near the cross, but you are far from Christ. And this world is filled to the brim with hype. Even churches that used to make fun of us for shouting, they are getting full of the shout. But I'm here to tell you that a lot of there's just a lot of hype out there. But there is a real move of God 
that is taking place. And it is wooing God's people. Come hither. Come hither. And so when they asked everybody to come to the front. I know everybody is not always going to come to the front. But in your spirit. You better learn how to draw nigh to God. In your spirit, you better be hungry for a move of God. Otherwise, you'll find yourself sitting on the front porch, just on the gate of, of judgment. And it's something how somebody that doesn't even really know the Lord think that their judgment is just as righteous as God's. Someone that doesn't even really know God in a relationship manner, they think that their judgment is just as righteous as God. That's why they call that the beautiful gate. It's beautiful. But they were bound by the brass of judgment not to come in through the entrance. Saints of God, I want everybody to know today that right now there is a stirring going on in the land. Hebrews tells us that everything that can be shaken is being shaken. We know what's going on over in Israel and still yet some people seem to be so unmoved. I'm here to tell you that the coming of the Lord is closer than we've ever been. And yet some people just want to sail through like everything's okay. And I'm going to come and get my praise on. I'm going to come and let somebody else, my neighbor. Uh, you know you can have situational blessings in the house of God. You can be sitting next to someone who is really worshiping God and still yet you can enjoy that and still not get it on the inside. The gates were a place of doing business and planning and politicking. Some people get caught up in the gates of just planning things and never doing anything. Gates were a reminder of penalties and judgments. Hebrews 13 and 12 said, Jesus suffered outside the gate so that you don't have to suffer inside. The Bible says that Peter fastened his eyes on him and he said, look on us. And the Bible says he gave heed. I'm telling you, saints of God, there are things happening in God's kingdom right now that is opening the eyes of people that never thought to open their eyes and look. There is a hunger. What did the man of God tell us the other day? That people are going to be drawn to praise temple. That there's going to be a drawing that's going to come and people are going to come and receive the Lord and they're going to be saved and they're going to be sanctified and they're going to be healed. I believe we're going to see some healing like we've never seen before. Psalms 104 says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. And yet still some people just get caught sitting in the gate. They feel like they belong. And I want you to know that there is an invitation that is going forth to everyone. It don't matter what you look like. It don't matter what type of sin you were in. That you can come to the house of God and you can repent. And God will change your life. I don't know about you, but I'm glad for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
I'm glad for the day that God set me free from sin. So we don't have to be satisfied with just a front door. We don't have to be satisfied just sitting on the front porch. We can be close enough to feel like we really fit in and still miss it by a mile. And I know that today that we'll say every head bowed, every eye closed. Many that are in here that are far from the Lord. Many that are in here who don't worry about church attendance. I'll just go when I feel like going. Many in here who never crack open the word of God outside of the Bible. Out of respect. And because you have enough etiquette to behave yourself because you've been around the front gate long enough, you'll bow your head. You'll feel your neck bristle because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And you'll feel the invitation of the Holy Ghost as the Holy Spirit draws everyone in. There is an abundance of a moving of the presence of God. I remember when it was very uncommon for us to have tongues and interpretation. If you'll notice that there is a moving of the Spirit that God has been setting on this church. And I'm not saying this is the only church, but but saints of God, He has been moving with us. And I believe that He's been creating a hunger in this community. Everybody I talk to, I walked to the store the other day. And said, somebody said, hey, are you a lawyer? I said, no, I'm a preacher. <laughs> he said, well, you may be the guy that I need to talk to. And if you've never talked to someone that is a Hindu or a Muslim and invite them to the house of God and explain to them that Jesus is the Son of God and there's only one God. And you begin to explain that, that all, they get excited. They got the little red dots. And I'm not speaking lowly of anyone's belief system or nothing. But I'm telling you what, that doesn't have the power to save you from your sin. That doesn't have the power to set anybody free. As a matter of fact, a lot of people are doing yoga nowadays. I hope nobody in here does yoga because it is a gateway to moving in a supernatural soulish realm that is very real. And whether you understand it or not, the world outside is having a uh, false revival of a so-called moving of the Spirit. And there's a lot of demonic spirits at work in people's lives. I spoke to one uh, uh, Hindu man that was, that was very friendly at the onset and... Uh, I began to tell him about Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And, and he had heard it before. And all of a sudden I saw his eyes brim over with hatred. And I saw him begin to snarl. And, and he began to say, don't say that name. And he began saying other Hindu words like Vishnu. or, or what they, I asked him, I said, how many gods do you serve? He said, over a half of a million gods I pray to. I said, let me tell you about the one true living God that knows who you are and where you are and can break the bondage that you're in. 
I'm telling you what, saints of God, there is a pseudo revival of religiosity that's going on in this world. They'll uh, go to a football game and both of them will be kneeling, praying, Lord, help us beat that other team. Across the field, the other team. Oh, God, help us tonight to, to beat those guys. There's, there's a, a false sense of religiosity that, that wants to garner attention. And if you, if you prescribe to this, it'll make you feel somewhat dignified. But there are many people who have entered into the type of thinking that I'm just going to be a little religious. And you're going to miss it by a mile. Because the spirit of religion is the first thing that Jesus busted when he began doing his ministry at the age of 30 years old. Amen. He said, you're a bunch of vipers and hypocrites. We are pretty nice compared to what Jesus was. He told it like it was, but they had the spirit of religion so tied up, and they said, if I can just do this, and if I wear my phylactery just right, and, and, and I am of the seed of Abraham, and Jesus said, you don't even know Abraham. He said, before Abraham was, I am. They got so used to sitting on the front porch of judgment, feeling at home, feeling secure in a false security that they're saved. And, and I'm here to tell you, everybody's walking around outside the house of God that says, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. There is no such thing as a saved sinner. We are not sinners saved by grace. Grace, we've been set free since we repented to God, since he, since he shed his blood and set us free from the law of sin and death. We are not sinners saved by grace. That makes about as much sense as a heavenly devil or the squared circle, very oxymoronish. Just because you, just because you uh, claim to be something doesn't make you that. And we ain't no sinners. The Apostle Paul said, I believe it's in Romans the fifth chapter, that sin shall not have dominion over you. Come on, somebody, sin shall not have dominion over you. Some people are so bound by sin, they feel so encumbered by the burden of their sinfulness that they can't lift their hands to the Lord. Some people are under the spirit of condemnation so much they couldn't get happy if you was to give them a happy pill. Come on, somebody help me today. There is a spirit of depression that is going rampant in this land. I don't know about you, but I need to be free from all that mess. And I'm here to tell you that he came to give us soundness of mind and freedom from the spirit of fear. So many people, they say, oh, I'm just, I just don't feel the energy to to engage spiritually today. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because the spirit of heaviness has got you bound up. The spirit of heaviness is impossible for you to glorify God.
Anybody ever been there? I have. I have. The spirit of heaviness is very hard. But I'm here to tell you that when we get off of the front porch and get into the inner court and get close to God, that He takes that sorrowness away. We know some bad things has happened. But I'm here to tell you that God will give us liberty and joy which breaks every shackle. And now the one that couldn't lift their hand, they can lift their hand now. I'm talking about the liberty of the house of God. Now, I'm not saying this to hurt anyone's feelings, but you have been so bound up with the spirit of heaviness. You can't lift your hand. You can't have a happy thought. Maybe a fleeting moment of, of laughter. But I'm here to tell you that there's far too many people that are stuck on the front porch Never having gone in and having complete liberty given to them by the power of the Holy Ghost. How terrible it would be to come to the house of God and say, This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. And never fight the battle. Why? Because fear has got you sidelined. There are so many people in here that God wants to use in the miraculous that Satan wants to bind you up with fear. Everybody say anxiety. Anybody ever get anxiety? I have before. It's, it's a doozy. It's hard. But now, that's a human condition that we all deal with. But when it sets down on us. You know what I'm talking about? When it sets down upon us and we begin to fear I, I know lots of people that cannot walk outside their house without an escort because they are so bound up with the spirit of fear. I'm talking about people who are uh, confessing Christians. Oh, I'm just, I'm just under the circumstances. I just, I just can't do that. I'm just stuck on my front porch. I can't go in and have a relationship with God. I, I can't. I can't let go of the sinfulness of my life because I'm shackled. And yes, God loves everybody, but I'm here to tell you that He came to set you free. He came that you would have joy and joy for the rest of your life. And I'm not talking about happiness. That is a state of mind. That, that, that happiness comes from a state of having experienced something. But the joy of the Lord you can have in the depth of your worst trial that you're going through. You can still experience the joy of the Lord which is our strength. That's why when you see somebody that's under it and they're going through everything that they can go through, they still got a spring in their step and they still got a hand clap of praise and they still come to the house of God and they worship no matter the heavy burden that they're under. And then when we understand that God does not want us operating under those situations, now, sometimes we have to endure hard times, sorrowful times. Sometimes we have to endure some heaviness. But Jesus said, come unto me. All ye that are weary and heavy laden, I will give you 
rest. That rest is the Holy Ghost. And it'll get you off the back seat to the front. And it'll get you off the middle to the front. And, and it will move you to the point to where you say, Come, Lord Jesus, I offer my life to you. And whoever told you that repentance was a one-time deal is not telling you the truth. When you understand God and you understand what He expects of you, you wake up every day saying, Lord, what can I do to get to the inner court? What have I got to let go to get to where I need to be? I was in a church preaching along these type of lines somewhere and I started telling about how that so many church folk who appear to be free are literally bound. Never being able to pray. Never being able to shout. My Lord, I'm telling you, we ought to learn how to shout in our houses, in our, our, our prayer rooms, in our prayer closets. We ought to be able to shout Jesus wherever we are. I'm telling you what, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And when you get off of the front porch of judgment and brass and go to the inside and you break your limitations and you go past where you've never been allowed to go before and you'll say, create in me a clean heart. Anybody ever do that, Lord? I, I, I thank you for what you've done for me up to this point, but I knew, I know that there's something else. But I was preaching along these lines in one place, and and I was telling how the that Satan is a liar, and his lies permeate even the minds of those that have been in church for a long time. And I said, the devil's a liar. One of the ladies that was. She was the old time church lady. She laughed like this. She said, ha, 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 ha. She said, the devil's going to get you tomorrow. And I thought about that. And he tried. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, saints. Brother Cook has been preaching spiritual warfare like never before. He has been exposing the plans of the enemy like never before. Somebody better get off of the front porch and get this word in use. But we've been given liberty. We've been given, Brother Danny, the spirit of revelation how to deal with this. And there was a, a, a thought process in that apostolics just completely swallowed. They believe that Satan is the antithesis of God. That Satan is the... Yin to God's yang. I'm here to tell you that Satan is a servant to the living God. God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Oh, devil said, I'd like to tear him up. No, you can only do what I allow you to do. And I want you to know that when we go through the trials that God allows us to go through, we are going to come forth shining. As purified gold. And, and it may hurt. And we may feel the tussle. Anybody ever have a tussle with the devil? Mm-hmm. I was trying to dig a church out of, out of the ground in a certain city. 
And there were a lot of hurt feelings. And there were a lot of vicious, biting attitudes of saints. They, they confessed the Lord. Oh, I'm Holy Spirit filled. But they were praying against each other. I came into an atmosphere of spiritual warfare. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It, there ain't no devil that scares me. But when you get the saints to praying against each other. That creates a whole level of spiritual warfare. That is very hard to deal with. Because you can cast the devil out brother Jim. You can't cast a human spirit out of a person that is wrong. That enjoys sin. That enjoys being hateful. I'm, I'm going to tell you. When God changed my life, he took that old hateful spirit away from me. And I don't pray against my brothers and sisters. I pray for them. My goodness, we've got enough enemies as it is. We need to hold each other up in the spirit of truth. We need to share a, a, a lending hand of help to everybody. Because God is the uplifter of our head. But I'm telling you, God has given all of us a testimony that sometimes all we've got to do is whisper that testimony to each other. Brother Jones, and it gets us past the front porch. It gets us off the gate. It gets us to a place of, of, of revealing things. But anyway, I was, I was fighting all kinds of hell. And, and there were some saints that wanted me to leave town. And there were some that wanted me to stay. And now I'm telling you, um, um, the Lord gave me a dream. That uh, I, was, I was ironing my white shirt. I like, I like to iron my white shirts. And I heard something that sounded very demonic. Just, just you can imagine the, the sound of a, of a demon speaking. And I could hear a loud noise as it came walking down my hallway speaking my name. I'm going to destroy you. Oh, I mean, it was... It was, it was a dream where I wanted to say, Lord, wake me up out of this. Get me out of this dream. But it got louder and I heard chains rattling and, and it was, it was a, a, a nightmare. And all of a sudden I was back at the ironing board ironing. And I thought, Lord, I need to see what this is about. I said, Lord, open my eyes. And I... Looked around the corner to see what was coming down the hallway. And I promise you the Lord showed me what something that looked to be like a little cabbage patch doll. Walking down the hallway. Oh that's not scary. That was meant to be very funny and light. And the Lord was telling me that he has given me authority over all the works of the enemy. Saints we don't have to be afraid of the devil. We don't have to be afraid of Satan. His whammy will not work against us because Christ has set us free. That's why I said at the beginning of the service, if you just act like you've been uh, forgiven, just act, just come to the house of God and truly act like you've been set free. But some people cannot be forgiven because they will not forgive. How terrible it would be to be so close to Christ. So close to the cross. 
and far from Christ. How terrible it must have been for that lame man. The only thing that he could get out of, out of every time he came there was, was the rattle of some change in the, in the bottom of his, his bucket. And yet some saints of God, they get so satisfied with just a little cheeky change that they can get from God. Oh, well, I just want a little blessing. I just, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to do anything really big. I don't need anything. I just need to feel God. I just, I just want about $3 worth of God to get me through this service. And they're sitting on the front gate. And yet something down on the inside wants to go to the inside and be set free. Something on the inside of that person. They want to say, oh, I want to shout. I want to be able to have liberty in my worship. I want to be able to speak in tongues fluently. I'm here to tell you that if you live for the Lord and you practice praying, that God will change the order of your speaking in tongues. Somebody say, man, your tongue will grow in the Lord. Oh, I don't know about you, but I, I love to lock myself up in a place and say, Lord, I want you to take me to a place that I haven't been to yet. Lord, I'm tired of being right here. This is singing the, the, the same song in seventh verse. I know some of them old songs, they do have that many verses. But I'm here to declare a new day for somebody. I'm here to declare that you don't have to be satisfied with what you've got spiritually. And I'm not saying that we measure that by the loudness of your shout. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you measure that by, by the volume of your shouting or, or how tall you can shout or how high you can jump. That is... That is not what I'm looking for today. But I'm here to tell you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And you don't have to be bound. You don't have to be set to that place of being lameness to where you are bound by your limitations. We all have limitations, don't we? I've got a ton of them. I could write a book on them. Maybe I will one day. But I, I, I'm not going to let nobody read it because y'all might not love me no more. I tell you, one of the problems I have, I can't stand to be encircled by a bunch of people. Now I'm in the wrong business, ain't I? Don't get me wrong. I love to be in the middle of, of praying and, 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 and I, I like to be in the big fat middle of it all, but... When the anointing kind of wears off, I'm going to find me some wide open space because it makes me feel good. We all have limitations. We all have things that we like and things that we don't like and things that we can't stand. How terrible it would be for somebody to be on the outside looking in that really wants to get on the inside. You limit yourself. Because you're under the judgments of God. And you try to translate that and judge everybody else's life. I'm here to tell you that if we develop an attitude of coming and inspecting our Christian brother's fruit. Oh, look at them shout. They don't mean that. Oh, look at them. 
just be silly. Like Mishael did David after he brought the Ark of the Covenant in. He danced before the Lord with all his might. You better be careful what you make fun of around the house of God. Oh God, be careful about making fun of somebody in the spirit. We got to be careful with these precious holy things that God has given us. There, there comes a knowledge, a working knowledge that you have when you begin to work in the gifts of the Spirit. And I've known some that are so under the judgment of God till they want to become a judge to everyone else. You all know what I'm saying? Let me tell you what happens when you begin to judge everyone else's life. What you're saying to the Lord is, Lord, you're not really that good of a judge as I am. That's really what you're saying when you begin to judge things in people's life. You're saying, Lord, I think I can do a little bit better job of being a judge than you. And that puts you in a very... Very bad situation. Brother Forbes, I've seen some people that lived it on the outside. You go to their house and it is clean as a pin. And then they can't get rid of that dark, ugly, pitiful feeling of condemnation. Think how terrible it would feel for that lame man, he would be saying within himself, Oh, I would like to be on the inside. I want to be on the inside. I, I would love to go past the outer courts and get into the inner court. I would love to see the seven golden candlesticks. And, and, and I would love to see that veil. And you know that when Christ was crucified, that the veil was rent in twain, which signified a... Come to me. It was an invitation to the miraculous. It was an invitation for someone to come whose lives could be changed. He's still in the business of changing lives. And I'm here to declare unto everyone here tonight that if you're hungry for the Lord. Anybody hungry? If you're hungry for the Lord. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That I, may, that I may hear all of the secrets. And I'm paraphrasing right now. I haven't quoted that verse in a long time. But that I may know him. The apostle Paul said. That I may know him. In the fellowship. Of his suffering. And in the power of his resurrection. Some people said. Oh don't pray that. The fellowship of his suffering is what heals our bodies. Somebody said, if you pray that, you're going to go through all type of traumas in your life. You're going to go through all kind of trials. You're going to go through trials no matter what. If you live for the Lord or not, you're going to go through trials. But when you begin to pray that I may know him. In the fellowship of his sufferings. And in the power of his resurrection. 
See, some people get so caught up in suffering till they take it personal. Oh, I've done this. Let me tell you what I've done for the Lord. Have you ever, you ever heard the story? I'm sure everybody's, oh, let me tell you what I've done for the Lord. What happens is some people get locked in on, on the fellowship of suffering, which is for all of us. I know y'all don't want to hear this, and I don't like saying it, but the fellowship of his sufferings is, the, is what makes us. And, and you're not going to have any glory in your life if you don't learn how to suffer correctly. Oh, somebody said the audacity of that little preacher up there that tells us that we've got to suffer. Well, you need to get in the book because there's some things that, that we're going to have to suffer through. But if we suffer through them, and get through to the power of the fellowship of his resurrection. The, the power of his resurrection. Do you believe in the resurrection today? I do too. And the reason we understand about his resurrection. That he has given us Holy Ghost power. Anybody got the Holy Ghost? Amen. I'm glad that we have had a way open us to, up to us. That he made a way where there was no way. He is a miracle working God. How many of you have actually seen some miracles? We talked about this the other night. I believe in these last days that we are going to see more miracles, more healings, more, 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 more demons cast out than we've ever done before. But we've got to get off to that front porch. How terrible it would be to be this near the cross, and to miss Christ. <laughs> Holding to some form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I want you to know that if you repented of your sins and received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that God has you in the palm of His hand, and He will lead you to places that you have never been before. Oh, if it be the will of the Lord and the creek don't rise... Well, what does the creek rising have to do with the will of God? In other words, if, if I don't face too much adversity, then that's telling me that it's the will of God. No, it's not always that way. Sometimes you're going to face adversity, persecution. You're going to go through trials and tribulation. And then when you get on the other side, when you get into the courthouse, I wrote something down in the book of Ephesians. The Bible says that verse 12 in the second chapter of Ephesians. How many of you love the book of Ephesians? I don't know about you, but when I read the book of Ephesians over and over again, there is something so completely liberating by the power of this word. Listen to what verse 11 says. Wherefore, remember... That ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Verse 12, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world but now. Everybody say, but now. 
I used to be stuck on the front porch, but now God has made a way for me to have relationship with him. Does the Lord ever speak to anyone in dreams here around here? Look for it to happen more and more. And it's not just a, 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 a warning, but God wants to get someone's attention. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off are now made nigh by the blood of Jesus. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. So we have an invitation. There was this point to where we could all go to and now God has made a way. Oh, hallelujah. Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. I really feel the presence of God in this house tonight or this, this morning. But somebody needs to get, get clean. Somebody needs a cleansing. Somebody needs to get loose from the chains that have got you bound up. The Bible tells us that if, if any man sin, that we have a mediator. The man, Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to continue living in sin. You don't have to continue living in doubt. You don't keep having to wander around in darkness because God is right here calling everyone. Come on. Come on. He, he has made a way. The veil has been rent in twain, which signifies to everyone that wants to come to Jesus, there is a way. You may not see it right now. And you may be going through the fiery trial. You may be facing things that you never thought that you would feel. Some of you would just like to get a good night's sleep. But there's things that tugs in your heart. Some of you say to yourself, oh, I love coming to church. But when they sing about being set free, I don't really feel free. Some are in bondage to terrible things that's happened in your past. And they've got your hand tied. And though you lift your hands for the Lord, though you love God, there's this point to where you just have to stop because you can't go any further. You're halted by the limitations of some drastic, sorrowful thing that happened in the past. I want everybody to know today Christ came to set you free from that He came to break every chain of sorrow and fear we don't have to be bound there is liberty in the house the only one that can limit yourself is yourself I don't care how terrible the thing is that you've gone through. Maybe there's a certain area that you feel like you just can't get forgiveness in. You just got to believe the gospel. You got to believe the gospel that if you repent, 
and are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And oh my, you talk about victory. Oh my, you talk about liberty. And somebody says, oh, I just wish I could feel the liberty. I wish I could feel the joy, but I'm so bound up. I'm so caught. I'm so halted. I'm so limited. Jesus came to break every limitation that's in your life. He came to set you free from sin. Come on now, saints of God. He he came to set you free. He came to give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. He came to give you power to live for Him. He came to set you free to where you can live a holy and a separated life unto the Lord. He came to set you free to where He could call you out of darkness into His marvelous light. He came to set you free to where you would not fellowship the works of darkness anymore in your life. So if you're bound today, if you reach that halting place of judgment in your life, if you've come to the point to where condemnation rules your mind, you have no joy. And yet the only joy that you do have is when you come to the house of God and and you're experiencing someone's situational blessing. Lord, I pray today that you begin to deal with the hearts of your people. That they would perceive you in a way that would set them free. Because I believe today that it is your will that they experience liberty. True liberty. True love. Somebody said, oh, I wish I could love somebody. I wish I could forgive somebody. This could be your day. This could be your hour where where you break that old spirit that's been halting you on, on the brazen porch of judgment. Peter, James walked by the man, said, look at us. Everybody say, look at me. We've got to get someone's attention today. Look at me. If you want a change in your life, he didn't put any requirements on the man to do anything except walk, except to get up. I've been on a sick bed and know what it feels like to be bound and not be able to get up. And it does require some personal effort, Brother Ford, but I'm here to tell you that some of you, when you experience this and and you say, Lord, let me off of this sick bed. Lord, get me off of this place. And then you understand that you've been limited by your own halting. And you understand that God is here to give you liberty. He's going to break every chain. You don't have to be stuck where you are. The Bible said that he, what did Peter do? He reached and he got him. That's our job. That's what I'm trying to do to some of you now. I'm trying to get your attention to know and understand that you don't have to live under those limitations anymore. 
Apostle Paul said, we're in times past. You didn't have a hope in this world. But now, what happened? Christ died. What happened? Peter preached the, the message of repenting and, and, and being baptized. What? But now, the word has been given. And so I want everybody to know today, you don't have to live under this reproach. You don't have to live feeling like your dream has been snatched away from your bosom. You don't have to, to, to live with this feeling of utter hopelessness. And that's got some of you halted. Come. Come unto the Lord today. Lord, I give it all to you. I'm not going to hold anything back now. believe that you made a way there may be some who have problems with habitual backsliding in and out in and out in and out in and out I want you to know that you can break that curse over your life right now Jesus is a curse breaker he was cursed on the cross that the curses that would bind and hinder us. You're set free. Somebody, some of you know that you have been set free, but you just will not believe that you're set free. Let that go right now. Somebody says, I really don't feel that love. And look, Y'all, love is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Love is something that we do. So if you want me to push a few Pentecostal buttons and make everybody shout, make everybody feel apostolic, I'm not going to do that. I could. I've been doing this 40 years. I know which button to push. I want you to know that Jesus is saying, Come unto me. You've got a burden that is too heavy for you to carry. I feel Holy Ghost conviction in this house, don't you? You've been carrying that too long. Why don't you let it loose? Why don't you let the perfect law of liberty happen to you? Maybe you're bound by past mistakes and bad judgment. Bad decisions that maybe you think ruined your life. Jesus can turn it all around. So come now. Come now to the Lord. Saints of God, would you help me pray? I feel the spirit of conviction in this house. Conviction is different than condemnation. Conviction comes from the Holy Ghost. Lord, draw me near to you. Draw me close to you. Let me to bid to your invitation. Come. Saints of God, I'm going to ask that everybody just come gather around the front and pray. Somebody needs to break through. Somebody needs to break through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.